Good afternoon, Shadow Hills. Well, uh, we are coming to the end of a pretty successful year for most of us. Um, the markets have been up, uh, most of even cash, which la a year ago this time was paying zero, is paying about five and a half percent. And uh, so I have been uh, giving you some ideas in case you would like to share uh, with some less fortunate people. Uh, I had Ricardo Loretta talk about the Dr. Carrion Foundation. And today uh, we have a relatively new uh, charity in the Valley, but one that is doing so much work. It is uh, Coachella Valley Foster Kids, and here to talk about it is Robbie Fredericks. Robbie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for this opportunity. So a couple of our residents uh, did a, a pretty successful fundraiser. Uh, in, in Was it last month or the month before? Yes, um, beginning of November, I believe. Beginning of mm -hmm. November, so it was a little yeah. over a month ago. Mm -hmm. And, and it, we got, it was good participation. They raised $13,000, uh, and, and, and that was a great start. And uh, so the, we're here to uh, ask for more. And so uh, why don't you start off by talking about what the Foster Kids is all about? Uh, Coachella, Valley or, or Coachella Valley Foster Kids, like you said, is a fairly new nonprofit, uh, came together in 2019. Uh, several attorneys that work in the juvenile court system saw that there were a variety of gaps that needed to be filled um, within the system for these youth that had experienced great trauma, um, that were being placed into new and unfamiliar situations and um, just needed opportunities that they had not um, received. And so these attorneys were originally focused on um, a couple of things, making sure that um, as many children as possible could have access to attend camps um, so that they could see that there were greater opportunities for them out there. A lot of these children had never left the Coachella Valley, um, often sometimes even the city that they resided in. And um, once they get out and go to camp um, or sometimes even experience at a college, they see that there is a big, beautiful world out there um, and some amazing opportunities, and it can change the trajectory of their life. So could you give the audience a couple of examples about how a child would get into the foster care system? Yes, so um, the uh, child welfare system is there to uh, check in on children when child um, abuse or neglect ca calls come in uh, to a hotline. And then um, if they rise to um, a certain level of severity or concern, then a social worker will go out and do a complete an investigation. And um, if they determine that a child has suffered abuse, um, that uh, that abuse is likely to occur again or that they have been neglected and um, that cannot um, be made better in that moment. So um, these kids mm -hmm. are not safe living in their own home. Correct. Um, that's the way, that's how it's uh, determined that they need to be removed and placed into a different situation until their home environment is safer or until a different permanent plan can be made for these children. Okay. Um, and some of these situations are um, 
things that nobody wants to imagine could have occurred to a child. Yeah. What? What? what uh, sure. Tell us what story. Um, so a lot of the time, one of the uh, biggest issue that is going on <laughs> worldwide is um, substance abuse, and uh, definitely takes a hold of individuals and um, can result in a variety of neglect um, and, and often abuse. Um, these. Children are born, are exposed in utero to substances often, um, are born positive alongside their parents. And um, it, again, you know, when substance abuse grabs a hold of somebody, um, you know, it doesn't just take a toll on them. So, uh, you know, parents end up sometimes forgetting to feed their children, get them to school, clothe them properly, provide safe and as safe environments for them to reside, and, and a lot of times they get exposed to individuals that um, do the abuse as well. So, um, you know, the, the, it's a system that needs to be there. Children need to be watched over. Um, however, it um, can't do everything for these children, and that's what CVFK is trying to come in and do, is just uh, make sure that these children have opportunities that they're taken um, good care of, and um, that if they want to pursue something in their lives, that they have uh, the option to do those things. Okay. And I know that, that you've cycled several of these kids through your own home and, uh, in fact, have just adopted a baby. Uh, to the extent you're comfortable, could you talk about that? Sure. We have, um, I've also been alongside my husband and our family. We've been fostering children for several years now and have had over 20 children in our home. Um, we are in the process of adopting currently. And, um, but we have um, always enjoyed the experience of getting to know their parents and trying to support them in reunification because it's the ultimate goal of the foster care system. Um, but they do come in from very rough situations, um, often very traumatized, um, and then very often they come into our home with nothing, nothing more than what they're wearing. So the, the tip, they, they come in with the clothes they're wearing and maybe some stuff in a pillowcase. That's what these kids have. May they, yes, we're lucky if they come with something in a pillowcase. Um, we've had babies arrive straight from the hospital just wearing the outfit that they have on and coming with maybe a couple diapers and a single bo bottle of formula. Um, you know, children in the clothing that they're wearing and nothing more than that. Um, you know, and a lot of times you can't retrieve any more than that from their families. Yeah. And so you're kind of starting from scratch and, uh, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine a child coming in with nothing and feeling like they have nothing. Um, so one of the things that our organization does is tries to ensure that uh, these children can come with at least a, a bag of items that will get them through the first 24 hours that they're in care with us or with a foster family or a relative. Uh, that way they walk into that door having some possessions of their own, um, which turn out to be very special items to these kids, mm -hmm. things that we would never think <laughs> are special items, but, um, you know, they're, they're theirs. They're, they're things, they're clean, and um, it really helps their caretakers as well to get through those first 24 hours and not have to rush out to grab a bunch of stuff. Um, it allows them time to just comfort that child and then figure it out from there. 
Okay. And to show, we, I have another guest here who is a local businessman named Chris Schultz. And Chris uh, had experience working with these kids and, and find, seeing the circumstances they live in. And so, Chris, would you talk to tell them your story? Absolutely, Bob. Thank you for having me. Uh, my name is Chris Schultz. I'm with the Rotary Club of Indio. Uh, past president, and with our Rotary Club, we've been able to have the opportunity to provide several scholarships for these students. Um, we've worked directly with the foster care and was probably for the past four years was able to really bless them with some scholarships. I had the privilege of uh, picking up the students a few different times to take them to the bus uh, for, to board the, uh, to go to camp. Uh, the opportunity, I plug in the GPS, I jump in my car and uh, have my Starbucks coffee and I pull up to the address and at first I thought, hey, maybe I have the wrong address. I was uh, looking at a house which had gates everywhere, a boarded up window, uh, taped up window on the car and all of a sudden I pull up and I get out of the car and I was like, wow, these several people... Um, all the way from the age of probably four years old, a child in a diaper, no shirt, to uh, several of the kids walking out. It really broke my heart to see that the two students that were uh, joining the camp had mixed match socks. They were stretched out. Um, one of the students' uh, shoes smelled really bad. It was like to, um, to a point where I'll get into the story a little bit later about what we did, but. Um, and then everything that they were going to camp with was in either a pillowcase or a trash bag. Uh, we get in the car, introduce myself, and my heart just drops. I was holding back, not tearing up. And uh, what I did was I stopped by the business, uh, was able to get them all these long sleeve shirts and coats, and uh, I had a pair of work boots there. I was able to bless this uh, student with the work boots, pen, paper, backpacks, water jugs uh, for this camping experience. They said, really, can we have this? Um, absolutely. This is yours. Enjoy this trip. Make the best of it. This will be life-changing. And having the opportunity to really encourage them. So we, we get to the uh, actual bus station, and then we went into a Chevron because it met at a Chevron off of uh, Indian there. And we walked in. I said, guys, grab whatever you want. And they were like, really? Are you serious? I said, grab whatever. And beef jerky and Gatorades, and you're going to have a trip. And the one kid asked, hey, is it okay that I get an ice cream? I was like, man, get two ice cream. And he said, I haven't had ice cream for like a couple months, and I've been really craving this diet. And so um, that's not even it. It was when picking the students up after this intense weekend of just leadership and other friends, not being judged, being a part of something greater, and the smiles and joy that came from these students, their life was changed. And to see that, it was taking somebody isolated in a corner and giving them an opportunity to thrive and have that environment and meet other friends, not with judgment, but acceptance. And then all of a sudden, they're just life. It perked them up. And still to this day, their, their life has changed. They are progressing, their education, and they exchange 
exchanged numbers with several of the students throughout the Coachella Valley who attended this camp and stays in contact with them. That's great. And I, so I heard Robbie make a presentation earlier this week and talk about some of the, the levels that, that are needed and, and, and what can be done. Uh, so our organization has evolved into doing quite a few things, whereas we started with just trying to meet um, some needs here and there and send um, as many children to camp as we could, which started out to be more like 25 or more. <laughs> um, we've now um, found there are a variety of needs, and we're just trying to meet as many as we can with our organization and with the support of our community. Uh, one of the things, like I had mentioned, is we try to prepare these emergency kits, and we would like to ensure that um, every child that enters the foster care system locally is able to have one of these kits. Um, so number-wise, uh, here in Riverside County, uh, there are approximately 4,500 children that are in the foster care system. Uh, here locally, there are over 400 children that enter foster care on an annual basis. So we would really like to ensure that those children that are entering on an annual basis, that each one of them has a kit of things that they can call theirs that helps them to get through those first day or two in foster care. Another um, program that we have involves um, ensuring that we have um, beds and uh, sometimes dressers and um, items available to set up a room so that a child, if a relative is available for them to be placed with, that um, they can go immediately into that home with that relative, even if it was just a matter of them not having a bed that keeps them from going there. And that just means one of those kids does not have to go into foster care, into a home that they're unfamiliar with, but gets to go with a relative or a close family friend because we're able to provide a bed, just something simple as that. Uh, we also are, uh, some of these kids end up attending um, court hearings that are not a very friendly place to be for a child, um, very intimidating, um, very uncomfortable, um, sometimes almost traumatic in their own sense. And we try to also ensure that um, in the courtroom that there are stuffed animals and comfort items available for these children so that as they're going through that experience, um, that we can comfort them with an item and uh, to see their eyes light up when they see these things in the courtroom. Um, it's, you know, a simple little item like a stuffed animal makes a huge difference. And we often see those stuffed animals pop up in lots of different places along their journey. We will see them come back with them to a visit with their parents, um, move with them if they go to a different placement, return with them back to another court hearing or to a visit with a social worker. Um, you know, they become an item that's very personal to that child. Uh, so that we, we're doing that, but then again, like I touched on before, um, trying to send as many children to camp as possible. Um, that to to see the impact, like Chris was talking about, on these children. Um, I remember one little girl who was she was about ten years old, and she. Um, the first day of camp, she was clinging to her relative that was bringing her there and knew that was going to be a great experience for her, but um, she was just devastated by having to go to camp. Um, very scared, very fearful of the change, um, eyes to the ground, and um, her relative was able to coax her onto the bus, and uh, the counselor talked about how for the first number of days, her eyes
eyes were at the ground. She didn't talk. She didn't engage. She stayed right by her counselor's side. But slowly as the week went on, um, she started noticing that there were friends around. Um, you know, a smile started to come to her face. She started engaging more. And by the time she jumped off that bus at the end of the week, uh, it was full smiles, excitement. When can I go back? And she, her relative said she had never left the Coachella Valley before. And so to be able to go up to the mountains for a week and spend time with uh, these extremely encouraging camp counselors and a new group of friends, uh, she's never going to likely forget that experience. Yeah. It's going to greatly impact her life. Well, that's great. Thank you for <laughs> telling us those stories. And I'm going to do something I've never done before, and that is I'm going to take the lead here. And I, I know that it, it, the cost of these camps is about $500 a week. And so I'm going to give you a check for $1,000 to pay for two scholarships. And um, to the audience, uh, we, we've got the... Uh, the, the, the brochure will be accompanying this podcast, and if you would like to help some really needy kids, uh, the opportunity is there. And so thank you both for coming in. Merry Christmas and happy Hanukkah to everyone. Until next time, bye-bye. <laughs>